This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sunday, the 8th of January 2023, in this evening's show, we purr over a giant killing FA Cup performance yesterday as the pool destroyed the florist to make it uh, into the fourth round draw. We'll also be discussing uh, the tremendous news that Josh Bolo has rejoined the club on loan to the end of the season and also the signing of Morgan Rogers. And I'm John Asperall, and this is the Seaside's podcast match reaction show, FA Cup special, Blackpool 4, Nottingham Forest 1. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the stream. Welcome back to this FA Cup special. Blackpool for Nottingham Forest. One, Tim unmute. Uh, as uh, Salty's just said there, UTM fecking pool. Absolutely. Nick and uh, one from one Nick to another. Nick, what a, what a great day at Bloomfield Road. Brilliant. We sat together as well, didn't we? Which made it all the more we pleasurable. Did. Yes, well stood up at the back of the West, yeah. Um, it was fantastic. Did not see it coming, I have to say. <laughs> Funny story for the uh, for the room and the, the pod in general. Nick's obviously um, hurt his back slightly, been given these uh, tales of woe that he can only stand up and he's in much pain all the time. Oh, oh my back. And uh, when, when CJ Hamilton rifled in that third, he was like a... Uh, uh, a 14-year-old in the surge squad in the South Paddock. Isn't that right, Nick? Funny, funny how uh, a wave of emotion gets rid of all the pain. Uh, well, I'm suffering for it today. I'm actually, when, I, I, when I'm moving, I'm fine. It's If I sit down for over half an hour, um, it's it's very painful. So I may be doing uh, a bit of a stretch routine halfway through. We'll see how we go. I've taken some extra painkillers before we came on. So Excellent. We'll uh, see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Mitch, uh, we have we had a very brief encounter in the the Phoenix yeah. Club, didn't we? I was I was looking for you after I got my pint. We said hello at the bar, and I was looking around, and you'd gone. I thought you'd fallen into a hole or something. No, what happened to you? I was occupied. I was chatting to Andy Porter. Oh, were you? I thought you might have been. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Andy. Um, we got to meet Andy, didn't we? It was good to see. Yeah, it was good to meet Andy. And he, I took delivery of this. Um, after all the um, grief I gave Sean in his time on the pod for being a football hipster, um, I took delivery of a fourth division German shirt from him um, to wear proudly because um, I'm not a football hipster at all, um, which was very good of Andy to sort out. Well, you are now. You can sport that. Should be sporting Absolutely. it this evening. I am. What, what, yeah, which, oh, there it is. Which team is it? Uh, Kenny Leipzig. <laughs> East DDR Champions 1966, I think. He's, he's out German footballed you there, Tim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and of course, he, what he'll say is that they are the original Leipzig side, unlike. Um, well, there's, there's them and Locomotive. Um, and Locomotive are a bit too fascist for my liking. Um, Whereas Kemi, uh, they're good. They won the league in nineteen sixties, and they've got a, they've got a huge terrace behind the goal, and they still get about eight thousand, even though they're in the fourth tier. I'm a bit like Blackpool, don't they? Were yeah, successful in the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been huge mad match days look good. Yeah. I shall go one day. Uh, welcome, Howard Turner. Yeah, uh, met Howard on the uh, the nice positive. Power walk down Bloomfield Road after a, uh, a game. So yeah, hi, hi Howard, good to meet you, uh, Tim. It's always um, a good stride in your step after the the game. And um, David Coleman there has just said, "How about make this a moaning free pod?" Well, I think it, w- it wouldn't be the pod if you didn't have a moan, though, would it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not not as moan as much. I think that's as good as you're going to get there, David. I think. There was plenty to moan about the in the um, the actual performance, particularly with some of the defending. But we'll we'll come to that. Um, but first up, as ever, we'll bring up the, the team sheet, which was uh, Chris Maxwell, Andy Lyons making his debut, Marv, John Thornley, Hobby, Sonny Carey, Charlie Patino, Shane Lavery, Ian Pervader, CJ Hamilton, and uh, Jake Beasley. Tim, come to you first. Um, what stood out for you on that team sheet and what did you think of it? Uh, well, I think we spoke about it on the last pod, didn't we? Um, with um, uh, with Conley being suspended, um, uh, despite what Michael Appleton said previously about Andy Lyons not being anywhere near, I will come back to this no doubt during the pod, uh, not, nowhere near match fit. Um, I, I, I think I think I'm, I actually listened back to the last pod uh, this afternoon and um, uh, I think I, I'd said something along the lines of, well, he's going to have to get much fit a bit quicker than he intended because he's about the only right back we've got. And uh, so it was great to see him start um, because, it, it, you know, he's, he's an exact, you know, he's been hanging around for a while now, hasn't he? And kicking his heels, waiting to get involved. So that was, that was superb. I suppose the other, the notable is, is the absence of our, um, uh, our intrepid forward line of, um, uh, of, uh, uh, of Medine and uh, and and uh, Jezza. Um, uh, Medine completely left out the squad, probably rightly, just to give him a bit of a break. So I think he's been playing uh, probably more than anybody expected this season. And and Jez, as we spoke about on the last pod, was was rested that game as well, and is probably um, you know needed a bit of bench time. And um, so I wasn't surprised, you know. I think. Um, you look at that team, and um, you know the the, uh, 
the spine's there and it's just really probably right back, which is enforced and, uh, and giving Jake Beasley a start up front is, is uh, probably the notables. Mm. Um, Mitch, we'll come to you. Come to you next, obviously. No, no big gas. How did you feel about that? Or do you think uh, it was correct him taking one for the team and having a bit of a break? Yeah, and I think I think probably Bees deserves a go up front because he's he's been out for a long time and he's had to play on the right wing, um, which is never going to work to his strengths. Um, I was quite pleased that it was a relatively strong team. I didn't quite know how he was going to take it, whether he was going to sort of um, experiment or, or or play fringe, you know, more fringe players than he did. But it's it's reasonably close to the side he's been playing. So you know, overall. I think, like everybody else, would have quite liked to seen Jerry up front and 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 maybe one or two other things. But I was I was just generally pleased that it looked like they were taking the game seriously. I think that was the main thing. I didn't want to turn up and sort of see um, Tate Trusty in midfield and you know um, some lad I'd never heard of at left back and why have you? Um, and I had you know a slight fear that it would be that sort of thing but it wasn't so i was relatively pleased and also i was pleased um as controversial as it is i i do quite like that midfield triangle he's put he's he's got because it shows a lot of attacking intent um and i was pleased that it looked like he was gonna you know set up again to get at them um and uh you know we did so yeah uh nick over over to you let's change the view there um Couple, couple of comments coming in saying um, Steve just said I think uh, Kenny should have started instead of Patino, but uh, Gary Cross is batting that back, saying this uh, this loving with Kenneth has to stop. Maybe I should be asking Tim about this, but um, <laughs> say what you think. Yeah, well, I mean, Charlie's been a bit in and out, hasn't he? It, it is hard asking you know a young lad and, and Carey as well to kind of anchor our midfield when week in week out we're playing against you know, experienced, uh, older pros, if you like. Um, and we have seen that they've, you know, they've got overrun at times. Um, but overall, I, I didn't really mind the lineup. Obviously, no Medine, so he's he's gone with Beasley. Um, pleasing for Andy Lyons to be in and, you know, as we'll come to, come to talk about, thought he had a great game and hopefully he can make the place his own and then it gives us... Um, midfield option, doesn't it? Perhaps, you know, if Connolly's uh, not suspended, maybe he can play in midfield. Um, and then it allows Patino or Carey to do uh, a bit more of the stuff they're good at and, and not have to do the stuff that they're not so good at. So uh, we'll see. Mm. Okay, switch the view back to our ugly mugs. Uh, let's kick off the um, Seaside 7 then. Uh, first first um, item on the, the list, Tim, is... Um, Andy Lyons. Obviously, let's talk about the the game itself, but also let's just start off with Andy Lyons. He's made his um his debut, and it was a a fine debut from the young Irishman. Yeah, it's probably um, as fullback debuts go. I think it's up there with Seamus Coleman, isn't it? Um, a bit, or actually, Seamus Coleman. I would say second half because he had a bit of a nightmare the first half. But um, uh, I've re- listen. I, I've sort of had reasonably high expectations of this lad having seen him in the odd game in Ireland and whatever and 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 he, he always came across as you know sort of quite tenacious um uh and, and an attacking fullback just what we wanted 
And and I, I think the best I can say about his debut was that he did not disappoint my expectations. I think I've I've watched the game and thought that we've got a bit of a find. We've got, you know, hopefully a player who's going to be nailed on starting 11 for years to come. And that could only be good news for us and good news for him as he, you know, makes the move across from Ireland and, and playing in the big boys league. Absolutely. Uh, Mitch, any thoughts on, on Andy Lyons? Yeah, I really liked him. I thought his forward play was intelligent. He was um he didn't do the same thing each time as well, which I liked. He sort of he went outside sometimes and overlapped. Sometimes he looked like he wanted to cut in towards goal. Sometimes he, he gave the ball, sometimes he took the ball. And I think that's you know, that's a good sign that you've got a player that's a more than a sort of a, a, a one trick merchant. And I thought he stood up reasonably well defensively. There were a few moments where I thought he might have just got a bit caught, but he, he managed to sort of fight his way out of them. And he also, I think the thing that I liked most about him was he didn't look naive. He he sort of bought a couple of free kicks at one point that suggested, you know, I mean you can you can overstate the the you know the league he's come from because he has been playing European football. Um over there, you know, and he's he's got a, a degree. He's sort of experienced in a way a level of football that very few of our squad has. But that said, he, you know, you're not sure what you're going to get with a young kid out of the Irish league, and and he didn't look. Um, he looked reasonably streetwise, I think is what I'm trying to say in a long, long-winded way. So, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. It's a very niche thing that Tim's picked out there, which is um, the rank of young Irish fullbacks debuts in a Blackpool shirt, isn't it? Is that a stat? Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think what other Irish fullbacks we've had beyond him and Seamus. Kevin Sheedy. He wasn't well, young, though. Less now. Of a wing as well. I'm sure there's some more Irish fullbacks if we think about it, guys. Yeah. One for the chat. One for some stato. Where's he when you need him? Dad to us now, isn't he? Not going to mention his name anymore. Even though I've made that, married, that Gary Medine uh, montage for him. Fico <laughs> <laughs> <Michael> Davis. <laughs> 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 right, Nick, uh, point two, um, Marv, back in the goals and back in form. Um, just before we, we scored, Marv scored, we we had a couple of half chances, didn't we? Jimmy Husband, um, Jake Beasley as well. Uh, Nico Williams also nearly scoring for them, but um, we've, uh, we've opened scoring on 17 minutes, big Marv. Um, he's back amongst the goals, and I think he's back amongst um, the form as well. Yeah, uh, at last, because he, you know, he has been a little bit shaky this season. Um, certainly compared to where he was last season, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we, on previous pods as to what the reasons might have been? Uh, whether it was Uncle Richard not being alongside him, who gave away a penalty for changed. Ipswich uh, uh, this weekend. I don't know if anyone Did noticed. He? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. And then he had Williams in, didn't he? And then Thornley's come in. Um, and he, he, he was a little bit shaky because um, I, I remember saying to you in, in the first half, about the first 10 minutes, he had that moment, didn't he, where he just hesitates for a second and you think, is he going to lose it? But then he, he gets a long leg in and, and recovers. And then he just went from strength to strength. And 
terms of the goal, obviously good work by CJ. Um, I think the Forest guy, you could see he was trying to head it in one direction and it, it kind of went in another, didn't it? And uh, 50p added it, didn't he? Yeah, it was a bit David Linnigan ask and um, Lavery, I think, took a swing at it. It's fell to Marvin. It was a great finish, and I thought from you know from then on he had a he had a very good game. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see now whether he can he can carry on with that. Whether he you know he stays with Thornley as his partner, or whether we bring somebody else in in the next week or two. Because um, I do still think it's an area where we need to strengthen. And I think if he's got someone along him who's kind of, then absolutely fine, Mark. I think when he when he had to be the season, I don't know, it just seemed to seemed to affect him a bit and, and knock his confidence and he was he was making, you know, mistake after mistake. But hopefully he's uh, he's back to his best now. Mm. Uh just going back to the previous uh, Irish left back conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've had a few coming in thanks to everyone who's on the stream. Uh, Nigel Worthington, how can we forget? How could yes. we forget? <laughs> Worthless. Uh, this one's from Matt. Michael Davis. <laughs> Charles Dunn. Sean Boothy. I remember him. Didn't know he was Irish, though. Uh, Christina Ewan Fenton, defender from the 50s. You may remember him, Tim. Uh, you have to be of a greater vintage than me to uh, remember Ewan. But yeah, just uh, generally, Tim, um, Marv, still prone to the odd mistake, but I think he's uh, slowly getting back to his best, isn't he? I think, to be fair, I listened to uh, Appleton's post-match um, resume and uh, and he was basically saying the same thing. You know, he said the reason that the, what it wasn't sort of by chance that Marv got player of the year and Players Player of the Year last year. He got it for a good reason. And I think he was quite blunt in saying, we haven't seen that so far this year. Um, the, the captain, the, the, last... the, the strip, sorry to interrupt him, but the, the stripping of the captaincy, do you think that's had something to do with it? There's, I don't think it's a positive. Stripping. I don't yeah. think he needs it. No, I I think, think do, he no needs... do you want, my point is, do you think it's a, I don't think it's any um, coincidence that we've, that his form has picked up since he's had that responsibility kind of, Taken away from his no, shoulders, hundred percent. He's not. A ca- he's not a captain, is he? I don't. No. I mean, I can understand why Critchley. I think Critchley was maybe trying to um, uh, effectively school him, and he thought with having Keo beside him, Keo would be the de facto captain, and he would uh, he would effectively be his lieutenant, who would eventually grow into the role. But I don't think Marv is the type of player who will ever be captain of a team or should be captain of a team. I think there's, there's certain players it suits, there's certain players it doesn't. Uh, but I do think over the last perhaps three, four, probably since, I think to be fair to him, since we've come back since from the for the World Cup break, I think we're seeing the Marv of, of last season rather than the Marv of the first um, part of this season. And that's great for us, great for him. Um, and it's what we need. You know, if we're going to get ourselves out of this extremely large hole that we've managed to dig ourselves, then um, we're going to need players like Marv to be, on top of the game and um, his timing of his tackle seems to have improved. His, um, his judgment, just overall judgment seems to have improved. And, um, and he, he's, he's a player, I think now playing with confidence, which is, you know, he wasn't, was he beforehand? He, he looked nervous. He looked always like he looked, he was, he was, he was worried. And he all of a sudden, I think he's got a bit of belief back. Mm. I think as well, John, if we can keep a, 
um, sort of consistent back four, it'll help him as well. You know, that we're not changing full back every other game. Hopefully Lions will, you know, make that spot his own. Jimmy, we know he's steady at, at left back. Um, and then if it's Thornley or, you know, if they bring, and I'm happy if it is Thornley that he's got the same players around him week in, week out. I think that will help him as well. Mm. Um, yeah, Pete just said, who was captain yesterday? Oh, no. I don't know. I asked this. <laughs> I asked this in the game yesterday. I said, who's captain? And I couldn't Maxwell? even see anybody wearing an armband. I would have assumed it would have been Maxwell, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, it should be Hubby in that, and on the basis of the players who are on the pitch. Uh, Gary Cross. Yeah. Uh, Gary's confirmed it was it was Maxwell. Yeah. We concluded that Gaz had refused to give the armband back and had taken it to wherever he was, but <laughs> must have missed it on Maxwell's shoulder. So, um, so Matt, we've gone we've gone one 0 up, but the the next subject of our seaside seven have titled Sturridge hat Sturridge hat trick of misses. Is it is it is it Sturridge? It's Sturridge. It's Sturridge. It's Sturridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, I know you say John because I always want to call him Sturridge. Every time I saw him play, I thought I want to say Sturridge, and it isn't. That's like. So obviously we're, we're great minds think alike. I think on that one, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> as said the man in the orthopedic shoe. But yeah, um, yeah. So Mitch, um, after we've scored, Forrest had several chances. Obviously, Sturridge, Sturridge has missed a, a hat trick <laughs> of them. Um, one in the first half, two in the second half. But they were uh, very wasteful in front of goal in the first half, to say the least. Forrest. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but they were they were wasteful either side of the break. Um, and I thought they just tried to finish too cutely each time. You know, they're sort of like trying to flick it into the top corner and um, it became quite comical. I mean, I was convinced that they were going to score um, and then they were going to score again, but it just became quite comical. And after a while, it just had that feeling as if they weren't ever going to score. Um I mean, they hit the bar as well, didn't they? Um, that was that one that rattled against the bar, which obviously the other end, end, is, end from me. Um, and it just seemed like a sort of uh, never-ending cavalcade of chances that eventually um, did end. And, you know, when we get to the, to the wrap-up of the game, we've definitely ridden our luck. You know, there's no doubt about that, but... Um, yeah, and, and to be fair, also some good saves from Maxwell as well. I think that that has to be said. There were some really good saves from Maxwell in that. Um, and I've been very clear that I'd rather Grimshaw was playing, but I thought Maxwell played really well there. So, yeah, they missed a bag full. Maxi made a couple of good saves. There was some good defensive work in amongst that. But we rode our luck. We probably, you know, we played that game 10 times. They'd probably at least equalise, but they didn't. So who cares? Mm. Okay, uh, Tim, let's move on to the, the second half and uh, move on to my point four in our Seaside 7, which I've uh, titled Spot On Subs. Our first uh, sub came on uh, 59 minutes, Jerry Yates for, for Jake Beasley. What was Appy thinking then? But um, just I think I was having a chat with Nick and said we need Dougal on about this point. And just before, we were kind of getting very overrun in midfield. So I was expecting Dougal to come on for either carry or... We, we were, to be fair, that first 50 minutes, the second half, that they, I think they had about four chances on the bounce, mm. didn't they? I mean, quite how they didn't score. Um, it, it's incredible when you look back at the the, the replay and think, geez. Um 
But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, three I big, don't want to be three, three big chances. Negative, from, from uh, Mr. Coleman. <laughs> but I, di- I didn't think I didn't think Jake Beasley had a great game. To be honest, I thought he. No, he, he didn't. I, I kept thinking, I wish Gaz was there. I wish Jerry was there because we were doing we were doing such great um, uh, approach play. Um, uh, and and you know, and it was coming through the team, through the midfield, and it just seemed to break down a bit at the top end. And um, I just felt that we missed some, we were missing something. And um, so I was quite glad to see uh, Jerry join the fray. I knew Medine wouldn't because he wasn't in the squad, was he? But um, uh, and I think probably that enforced rest has done Jerry a little bit of good. It's probably helped him recharge his batteries, like a lot of them during our injury crisis. He, he, he was playing a lot of football. I know they had this break in the middle, but um, even so, I, I still think he, he, he looked energised when he came on the pitch. I felt, I, I thought, I maybe feels he's got a point to prove. Um, but straight away, we seem to start clicking. And um, I mean, I want to eulogise about Pavita's contribution, particularly in the second half, because... Um, you know, we spoke about him last week, but... 0.5, Tim, there. 0.5. Oh, okay. I'll leave it. I'll leave it then. <laughs> but so sticking with, sticking, with, sticking with the substitutions, sticking with the um, substitutions, I would say 100% yes. Jerry made a massive impact mm. when he came on. And and I know I get, uh, you know, I, people think I'm Dougal's fanboy, but I, I really do think he should have started today. And... I think you know we need that experience in that triangle of three, particularly with Pavida in there, who's very much. Although he did track back a bit today, I thought. Um, so yesterday, yesterday I meant um, he, uh, uh, he, he was tracking back, but equally he's a very attacking player. And I think three of them, I, th- I do think you need someone who's going to sit in a bit more. Mm. So- His tracking back's always patchy, though, isn't it? I mean, he, he does it, but he doesn't do it with the consistency, perhaps, that uh, you'd want from a rigid system if that if that pervaded. Yeah, that. well, we, 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 uh, I mean, the, the, the Thornley sending off at Hall came from him mm. messing around when he should have, you know. So the thing is... You, with someone like Pavidi, you, you you get what you get, and you yeah, and yeah. you've got and you know and you've got to. Ex- it's a little bit like with, with Bowley; you've got to accept some of the defensive frailties that come with a player that's going to excite you in the way that he's going to excite you. Um, but I, I, I still think, and I think as soon as Dougal came into that midfield, I think it looks a lot more solid because all for that first fifteen minutes we were getting seriously overrun. It was one way traffic, and those two substitutions flipped it. And and for all the criticism we levied last week about the fact that Appleton was too slow to react. I mean, we could argue he was too slow to react this time because they could have had two or three in that first 15 minutes of the second half without a shadow. That's a very, it's a very, it is a very fair point, that uh, Tim. We were lucky, really. We were lucky not to be one one. Yeah. And there was three of them in the second half. There's three and all of them were like absolutely mm. nailed on. They should have scored. So we, we have to count ourselves quite fortunate. But he changed it, and we improved, massively improved. Um, so every credit that he actually did it, and he did it at a sensible time. He didn't leave it too late. Um, Nick, as, as I just said earlier, we were both clamouring for um, Kenny Dougal to come on and just bolster the midfield and just stop the tide, stop yeah. the, the tide of forest attacks. Um, the, the substitution did come on... 
check my notes. I think it's 50. Kenneth Dougal came on 68 minutes, placed uh, Charlie Patino. But obviously, before that, we had um, Jan Paveda, Ian Paveda, with some Paveda power, but uh, very ably assisted by, by Jerry Yates. And it was one of those moments where you hold your breath, you suck it. <gasps> When Jerry got through, played Pervader in, and it was yeah, it was like his feet were going ten to the dozen, and we waiting yeah, for the ball to really... waiting for the ball to leave his feet and waiting to waiting for it to hit the net, and it it was all, it was kind of a long time coming, wasn't it? But it was a pure joy when it, it did was. go in. Well, he'd actually had that shot just over before, hadn't he? Where he he broke forward and it it just you know kind yeah. of skimmed over the top of the bar. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a mistake from Williams, I think, from Forrest, wasn't it? Who kind of Set it, set Jerry up. Um, Jerry did brilliantly, you know, ran at the defender, a few little step overs. You're wondering what he's going to do. Um, rolled it across to Pervader, and I wondered if he'd hit, he was going to hit it first time. And when he didn't, I thought, oh, is the chance gone? And when you look back, he does really well just to kind of get it out from under his feet. And it's a really calm finish in the end and well deserved because I, I thought he had a really, really good game. I get, you know, what the guys are saying off the ball. He, you know, he's maybe not the best at, at doing that side of it. But I thought he did a bit more of that yesterday than he had done in previous games. You can see they've probably had a conversation with him and said, you know, there's to be staying in the team week in, week out, there is that side of the game that you, you probably need to uh, improve on. And I thought he did yesterday. And, uh, yeah, very well taken goal and well deserved. Do you know the bit I like the most? Do you, do you know when, when he was there was there was a ball free and he was running at it and one of the forest defenders was coming in and he, he got he nipped in front of him and he he took it to the right and 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 ended up you know running then into clear space and he he just reminded me and I, I said it on AVFTT last night actually um, he reminded me and I know there's not a lot of footage and I never saw him live before anybody um, but he reminded me of Tony Green the way he was just. Little little guy with fast feet, buzzing about. It was it was just running at players right down the middle, and and doing doing the positive, you know, bringing positivity to the performance. That you you know normally it goes out to the wing. You look to the wingers to do that type of stuff. But when you've got somebody who can do it through the middle, like Charlie did, and like various other players have done in, in previous years. Um, that's that's when you can have a real impact, and I think you know Pete's mentioned in the in, you know moving him inside has been a a revelation, um, and I think I think the opposition don't know how to deal with him because he's he is a box of tricks. And I said the biggest compliment. I'm not saying he's as good as Tony Green. What I'm saying is he reminded me, and we've already seen there's only the West Ham footage, I think, and a bit of Newcastle footage actually showing how good Tony Green was. So I'm sure some of the guys in the chat might well have seen him play live, but he just reminded me of the way that he ran at players. Mitch, what what I really liked about that that goal from Pereira was Jerry's intelligence of mm. when, the, when the ball was played through to him. He's kind of he's got his back to goal, but he's he's just let the ball do the work, run through his legs almost, and just come onto the ball rather than taking a touch. And slowing the whole move down, and as as Tim said, for him to come on at that stage in the game, the the Forest players must be thinking, "What the hell's going on here?" Because he can go either side. His feet are so quick, and um, it was just a great, intelligent bit of play from from Jerry. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there were two things that I think stood out. There's been a, a massive clamour that Yates must play number nine, and I don't disagree that Yates should play number nine at least some of the time. I think, it, to me, it depends on circumstance, it depends on where you're up, what, you know, what defence you're up against and so on. But there were two things um, that really stood out in his performance for me before he got that goal, which we'll come to later. One was exactly what you've just described, was the awareness... Of, of creating the chance and a lot of other strikers would have seen that as a chance to have a shot themselves and probably had a, a fairly tepid shot at the near post um, and have all clapped you know and gone oh good effort you know but but actually he, he sort of made a, a decent chance into a nailed on goal and the other one was um I can't remember it was before or after was when he was back in the fullback slot again. So even though he has been, uh, he was coming out from a corner and he was harrying one of their wingers by the touchline. And it was just, it was like watching a fullback play. He just gave their lad no space at all. He was like, it was like cling film on him. It was absolutely superb. And it was like, he's still doing that even when he's, when he's actually playing in that number nine role. You know, everybody's been saying, oh, well, he's only doing that because he's playing as a winger. But no, he's doing that because he's Jerry Yates and he'll be anywhere he wants and he can play football, you know, anywhere on the pitch. And he's, 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 I mean, I really think he has taken a step up under, under, well, whether it's his own maturity or whether it's the management he's got now, I don't know. But I really do think he has taken a step up, even compared to League One, Jerry. I think there's a there's a, a level of um, footballing now about him all over the pitch that I think is 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 fantastic to see, um, and I'm I'm glad he's you know back in form. Should have named that Yates Power, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but Tim, um, let's let's talk about uh, Jan Paveda's um, just general performance today. Um, we'll 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 touch it, touch on um, the the player ratings. But I know you wanted to to have you say about his his performance. Um, yeah, I just I'll just I'll, I'll just op- I'll just open up with thinking think of uh, Bowler and Paveda at the same time. But well, I mean, we, you know, as as we we've got so many attacking options. Now, um, we've also almost got an embarrassment of riches, haven't we? But I think I think we have found the person who can properly play that number ten role. And you know, um, I think one of the guys said, I can't remember, was on here. um, I think it was one of the guys in the chat, wasn't it? Last game said that they're up in the lounge, and 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 Pavida reckons he hasn't hit his true form yet. So if he hasn't, that's that's incredible because um, I hope. I don't know whether Leeds have got an ability to call him back and if they if they want to either use him or sell him. But if if we can keep him to the end of the season and we can keep him fit, he's going he's probably and I would say this even above bowler, he's probably the player who can have the most impact on whether we stay up or whether we don't stay up. And and I think that's as high a compliment I can pay to him based on his performances. You know, we've got to keep it real because it's only, it's only been, I would argue, you know, since, you know, um, probably the last five or six games um, where we've sort of had some consistency out of him. But that's not his fault necessarily because he hasn't been played consistently. But now we've got him in this position. I think he's far more effective in the middle than he is on the on the uh, the right because he's easy to mark. If you, you know, if you're a defender, you've got one player to mark, you've got one thing to do. It's it, 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 but where he is now, he can pop up all over the place. 
and it's very, very difficult for someone to pick him up and man mark him in the same way that you can do when you when you're left back marking the right the right winger. Um he's he's scoring goals, he's setting up goals, he's creating chances. You know, Nick Nick alluded to that chance just before um the goal he did get, and that, that was so close to being in, it was dipping and it, you know, another another yard back and it would have been in, I think. And um exciting to watch. You know, it's a you know, you know, we, we Hopefully, Bowler's going to re- refine his form um, as he comes back to us. But we've got players potentially on on all sides of the pitch who are going to get us out of our seats, and and that's what we need at Blackpool. Because to be honest, it's been a bit stale, and um, we need um, the team are going to need us. And in order for the for us to really do our bit, we've got to be excited. I think people are excited now. Or at least starting to get excited about the possibilities as to. I think you said, didn't you, on Twitter yesterday? It's almost like season starts now. We've got half a season, and we're going to have to basically, you know, we've got some massive games coming up, and we're going to have to do, you know, we're going to have to. Everybody's going to have to pull in the same direction. And I think any talk about getting rid of Appleton, I think you've got to forget about it because we've got to work about. Got to work with what we've got and change of manager at this stage could be catastrophic. It'll uh, so we, up, it'll upset know. the apple cart, Tim. I think there's one more point on Pervader, which is that I think that's the first time he's put 90 minutes in. He didn't fade yesterday. In fact, if anything, he started quietly and grew into the game, um, which is the first time I've seen him do that. Even last week where I thought he was sensational, he sort of he fizzled out a bit after about 60 minutes, but he you know, he was still going. Um, he put the crossover, didn't he, for the for the Jerry's goal on what was that, 87, 88 minutes. Um, and he's still going. And, and that's really good to see as well that he's he you know, a player that can do it for 90 minutes. Pete said, Mitch, uh, Matt, after reading your blog, um, it looks like Gaz is yesterday's love. Would you like to elaborate on what Pete's <laughs> talking about there? No, for those who haven't read your blog yet. Pervade is just a Christmas toy. Gaz is for life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. I, did in, I did include in my blog what I will say just in case Gaz is watching uh, we did include in my blog a fantasy sequence where Gaz scores a hat-trick in the Wembley final that we're going to reach this year so you know I think Pete's reading that selectively I can't eulogise about Gaz when he's not playing can I that would be getting weird maybe he gave, maybe he gave some sort of sterling half-time team talk and G'd them up well, I was going to say, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a comic effect. I think one of the things with Pavida is when he's first come in, he's obviously he's obviously connected. He catches really well on the pitch with Gaz last week, and and him and Jerry had a right bit of banter at full time. They came up to the south. And they were sort of joking with each other as they applauding the South and taking a mick out of each other. And I think, you know, players like that will have a really good effect on someone like Pervader. Because, you know, somebody like Gaz, and, and I think Jerry as well, they won't mix the words. As, as talented as Pervader might be, if he's not pulling his weight, they'll let him know. They'll tell him. Um, and I think that, you know, him him becoming part of the group is probably um, as significant as, a, as any coaching you can give. Because I think we have still got that, that unit where if you want to be part of that group, you're going to have to pull your weight, you know. It was interesting, um, uh, in Appleton's post-match interview, he was talking about Pervader, and, and, and he was he was, he was was mentioning that he, he was in, an intelligent man who made some sort of very 
relevant observations to all the players that he felt was providing an element, you know, it was a positive influence on the team. So he's obviously, he's obviously only quite young himself, but he, he, there the must have been, I mean, he didn't, he didn't elaborate as to what it was, but presumably either on or off the pitch, he's, ta- he's, he's speaking to various players and saying, do this or do that. And, and Appleton's is clearly seeing it as a positive. So, you know, it sounds like Pavina's really sort of really buying into being with us and, and trying to make a, not you know, a contribution off off the pitch as well as on it potentially as well, which is which is nice to hear. So it it really singled it out, which I thought was interesting. Okay, uh, Nick, number six, the Renaissance of CJ. Yeah, I thought he was great yesterday. Um, the thing is with CJ, you know, we can have games where. He'll do seventy percent of stuff that frustration, thirty percent that's that's brilliant. Um, but yesterday, just I mean, you look at it and say, you know, we have got all these attacking options now, but can you drop him? You know, he um, took his goal fantastically well. Um, he was up and down the wing again, off the ball, chasing back, harrying their players. Um, I thought he. I thought he was brilliant. Um, it's just, you know, will he will he do it? If he stays in the team, will he do it in the next game, in the next game, in the next game? It's that consistency, isn't it, that we haven't necessarily seen. But even if all he's doing, I say all he's doing, is, is coming off the bench with half an hour to go, um, you know, and stretching the game, um, it's another brilliant option for us to have, isn't it? Um, but yesterday he was he was absolutely fantastic, and that goal, I mean, brilliant ball from from Kenny over the top. Although going back a bit, it was actually. Pardon the interruption. Normal service will be resumed shortly. This is just a quick message to say, if you're enjoying this content, I would like to say thanks for this podcast and the many others then please consider joining our Patreon supporter program where you can donate a small monthly amount to help support this content and help us pay our bills. To do so, go to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod. There are several tiers you can support us on, starting from the price of a pint per month and upwards. And in exchange, you get this annoying advert removed from all audio pods and also everything ad free on the audio you'll also get access to our patreon supporters whatsapp group which is good fun and other random giveaways as and when they come in so please do support us patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod let's get back to the content see you later it was a brilliant ball from Pervade, wasn't it? In the Leanne, first Leanne did ask that you mentioned that specifically, Nick, by the way. The, uh, the, the ball Leanne, from Leanne Kenny. did specifically <laughs> request that we talk about Kenny Dewell's contribution. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic ball. But but going back, it was it was Pervader's ball in, wasn't it, that Jerry just didn't quite get hold yeah. of. It's ended up on the far side with CJ. He's taken it back, knocked it back to Kenny, made the run, and it's a brilliant chip over the top from from Kenny and I'm wondering what you know what's what's CJ gonna do 
and it sits up and he just absolutely smashes it into the corner. Fantastic goal and and well deserved. It was really 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 good performance from him yesterday. Tim, it, it was just kind of the overall performance as well. I think as as Nick said, it wasn't just a goal. Um, I know you, you've been a bit of a critic of him, but um, he's made you eat your words a bit today. Yeah, yesterday that performance. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I would go as far as to say that his goal was probably one of the best goals of the season. Uh, it was an absolute <laughs> rocket, wasn't it? That that technique to keep it down hard and low and right in the corner is um, it's it's not easy. Yeah, I think I think the the the, issue, the ultimate issue will come um, uh, when we see what Rogers can do and what Bowler can do. How fit Bowler is? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, as, and it'll be about consistency with him. If, if he if he's going to nail down a starting place, and I'm not sure that he will be able to show the consistency that's needed to do that. But do you think as Pete's uh, just said? Say, do you think as Pete's just said there, Tim? Um, He's emphasising on the left. <laughs> and it's Preston he played on the left and yesterday yeah. he was on the left. The last two, I've got to say, the first half, you know, the first, we know, we don't really talk about his second half performance against Sunderland, but the first half against Sunderland and yesterday were both superb. And, that, and you know, it, I, I'm, I'm surp- a little surprised, but um, pleasantly surprised, you know, it's not, it's not a negative. It's, mm. it's, Geez, where did that come from? And it's, I've got literally, it's one of my favourite goals of the season. It's the goal that he scored uh, yesterday because I just thought the, the, the technique and the finish and, uh, and the whole move involving him and Dougal was just quality. There was a lovely moment at the end of the first half, coming up to the end of the first half, where somebody looped a ball forward and he belted onto it and he crossed it literally first time. And it was an absolutely beautiful ball. And it was like no, nobody could actually quite... Nobody had gone in on it because they just couldn't believe that, he, that he'd actually done it. And it sort of curled right across the face of goal and went out for a throw. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I think we just seen the player playing with some confidence. And I think that's what you, you're going to get out of CJ, what you're going to get. But the best thing you're going to get out of CJ is, is when he's decisive. Um, those first few months when he came in under Critchley, when, you know, he was probably our best player for those first few months when we didn't really have, you know, before we got the decent players in, you know, the sort of MJ Williams and Sarkic knocking around and all that. And, and he kept us afloat then. Um, and he, he scored goals like that where he just cut inside and smashed it home. Um, and he didn't think too much about the way he was playing. And I think I think I like what Appleton's done with him. And I think he'll I think he'll be a really good impact sub for us. But I mean, come on, he's not gaining that team ahead of Bowler on a regular basis. Nobody on earth is thinking that's happening. Unless Bowler is, you know, I don't know, had two toes chopped off in Greece, then CJ's gonna be an impact sub, isn't he? But it's good to have competition for places nonetheless. Yeah, and he probably he probably will keep the shirt because I can't imagine Bowler being fit and I can't imagine Rogers being that match fit either to be honest he's not been playing very much has he yeah. um, just to the room then 3-0 up dreamland 4-0 up it was like pinch me um, corner's corner's been swept in and uh, Jerry's popped up Nick hasn't he to, to send the north into pandemonium and you up and down four rows of uh, the terracing seating area where we were. Never seen you yeah. so animated in all your life. I know. It was... Uh, I couldn't quite believe it. Um, it was a short corner, wasn't it? And I mean, 
how often can we say we've scored from a corner? Because normally we take a corner and it is up, it's up the other end 10 seconds later with the opposition very nearly scoring. It's like our corners are normally more an opportunity for the opposition than they are for us. Taken um, by Pervader, by the way. Yeah, it was. And Jerry just kind of swept it in on the half volley, didn't he? Underside of the bar and... Uh, I was thinking, right, surely we should be okay. Because <laughs> you never know with Blackpool, do you? You know, got well, to three, well, I'm thinking, right, yeah, we have a chance. Thompson came on, didn't he, and nearly gifted them a penalty <laughs> within a minute of being on the pitch. Straight oh, away. I thought that was a pen as well. Right in front of me. Yeah, obviously it was up the other end for us, and we all kind of looked at each other and thought, how's he not given that? And we obviously have not seen a replay, but yeah. he, did, he was wrong side of him, wasn't he? Yeah, it's one of those. I think if it's VAR, it gets given. I just think that the ref couldn't be bothered with the game. You know, it's over and he just couldn't it's be bothered. Four nil. There's no point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, tell, I know we talk about uh, Appleton's uh, um, demeanour on the sideline, but I thought Cooper's demeanour all the way through the game was okay. That nicely segueing into Appleton and Cooper point seven. Where you go? Appleton. You can tell I haven't looked. I haven't properly looked at the uh, seaside seven. I did. I did scan it, but I forgot what. what, what Can't what, get the staff these days, you know. Write these things up, right. send it to them, jump in the gun. <laughs> I did read it. <laughs> You've nicely segued yourself in there, Tim. So uh, continue. Yeah. yeah. What I was what I was basically saying is we, we, we've been very critical of Appleton uh, uh, being uh, sort of statuesque and hands in his pocket and 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 giving off a negative vibe, but. Um, every time I saw Cooper yesterday and I'm watching it back again today, he looked like he was chewing a wasp all the way through the game, right from the beginning. And and um, I've, I've yes, got finished, like, someone, someone said teeth like a vandalised graveyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he, he said afterwards, and I think he had he had some it had some veracity in that he was he was talking about um, at two 0 we'd given up and. Um, when, when actually we created loads of chances and we, there was still 25 minutes to play. And the reality has, reality was they had created a shed load of chances and any other day um, they would have scored two, three, and it had been a very, very close game. Um, but he's, he, looked, he looked miserable as fucking sin on the sideline. And, and, and that's exactly how we've been criticising Appleton for looking on the sideline. And I just, I just found it quite interesting to really notice it from an opposition manager. Because if I was that one of the players looking at looking over towards the bench, I'd be thinking, oh Jesus Christ, you know, it's like there was there was no didn't seem to be any attempt to encourage any st- any stage in the game from him, from what I could see. Anyway, that's my observation. Um the reason why I brought up Appleton and uh Cooper, I'll I'll start on on Cooper. Uh Post-match, um, it was just a, basically a, a rant of how bad Forrest were throughout what Tim's just said, um, just picking on a, a lot of uh, negatives from Nottingham Forest, but not once did he um, give any credit whatsoever to Blackpool. Sometimes, you know, you've got, to, you've got to say, all right, we've had our chances, but at the end of the day, we've taken our chances. They haven't. Um, you, just, you just sometimes say, you know, well done to the opposition. Congratulations, you know. Maybe the best team didn't win, and but it was just all all negative, 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 and not one, you know, like well done Blackpool, which I thought 
was quite ungracious. <laughs> and he's got teeth like a vandalised graveyard. <laughs> It happens though, doesn't it? We, we've it's seen it shows a lack of class, really, yes. isn't it? Lack of class, that, Tim. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Lack of class. No, I don't care what they say anyway. Never listen to the opposition manager. Why would I bother they don't manage us? I actually saw Appleton claim a throw-in, so, you know, he's getting a bit... He's getting... <laughs> Animated. You know, I'll tell you what has to be said, though, to be fair. It has to be... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Said that um, he's not had a great week, has he? His lad's been ill. Mm. Um, his lad's been in hospital, apparently, Appleton. And... Um, you know, and apparently his lad, I think his lad's still in hospital. So, to, you know, to turn up and manage us and everything, he's had a lot of stick um, off a lot of people. But, you know, you can't question his commitment because I don't think if my lad was in hospital, I'd be turning up um, and in front of a bunch of people who sometimes don't make me feel very welcome. Um, so I suppose you've got to give him some credit for that as well. Um, to, to turn up and coach a decent performance under those circumstances is admirable. There was, there was a very there was a faint. There was a very faint uh, Appleton. Are you, you reading? Are you reading the notes now? Are you reading the notes no. now? No, you liar! You liar! It literally says. He said. He said. Appleton in chance brackets very faint. I heard him. He spoke the brackets out loud. <laughs> I did read them earlier, but it was um, Appleton's Tangerine Army brackets very faint. And I've put after that, fickle or what? <laughs> or is it just the voices of the people that don't want Appleton to leave the club? Potentially, and, you know, you win 4-1 and everything's all right in the world, isn't it? Um, and I thought for quite a low crowd, it was a decent atmosphere, wasn't it? There was um, obviously a healthy contingent from, from Forest, and they were quite loud up until they realised they were out of the game. Um, and the North, I thought, you know, particularly in the second half, they really got going as we went uh, kind of 2 nil up onwards. Um, so who knows? You know, it, it's football, isn't it? You win three or four games and there'll be a lot more people on side. But then if we lose four or five, there'll be a lot of people calling for him who, you know, who didn't want him. But like we said earlier, we're, we're now in a in a transfer window. Um We've bought Josh Bowler back. We've got Morgan Rogers. It sounds like there's a couple more to come in. I think whether you want him or not, you know, we are going to stick with him. And I think, to be fair, you know, if he because we've talked about the summer window a lot, haven't we? And, and what happened there? Um, if they back him in this January window, 
hopefully we can turn the corner. And if we don't, then you could maybe say it's fair to to judge him then with the players that he's brought in because the summer was a disaster, as we saw with you know Callum, um, Callum Wright going out of the blue the other day. It just makes you wonder, you know, what did go on in the summer with regards to signings and whoever came in was going to, I think, going to have a tough job. So hopefully we've uh, we've we've turned a corner and uh, we can get behind him. Okay, let's uh, just move on to the extra time segment just before we rate the players. Um, as uh, Nick's just said there, Tim, uh, a, a sparse home crowd. I've penned um, why. And uh, the third round of the FA Cup used to be one of the most, if not the most special occasion on the footballing calendar. Now, I was, think- I was thinking to this to myself because there's a, there's been a bit of aggro on Twitter for those who, who went and those who didn't go. Um, I don't want to call out anyone who didn't go because you understand it with the, the prices and everything. But I, I, my my conclusion in my head was it was because the the FA, the football authorities have degraded the FA Cup to such an extent that it's now that we're now seeing spectacles that we're seeing at Bloomfield Road, a Premier League team in the third round of the FA Cup, and there's only four thousand. Home fans. I, 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 didn't, I didn't go yesterday. I, I mean, um, I think I don't. I think you know that anyway. But we, you probably didn't want to call me out on it. But I don't mind saying I didn't go. Um, I know a lot of people I mean, who didn't so what, go, Tim. I know a lot of people who yeah, didn't go. No, and, and to be honest, it was it was a, it was a mixture of things. I haven't, I, you know, I'm not making excuses, but I hadn't been well all week. Um, I, I, and I, you know, I had to self work on Wednesday or Thursday. Sorry. So, and then uh, quite a few of my cohort weren't going. And then a couple were, and they said, oh, come on, let's go. And then I just I, I just didn't have, have the enthusiasm, to be honest. I don't know why. Um, I'd probably think in playing Forest Reserves and it's going to be a shit crowd anyway. And uh, and I probably, I, I regret not going, which is, is good because that may, you know, the fact that it was a great game and I've missed it. Well, I didn't miss it because I watched it anyway, but um, uh, I wish I'd gone, you know, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, I wish I'd made more of an effort to go, but... I wasn't in great form and I thought I'll give it a miss and um, I had a few things I had a few things to do at home which I don't normally get around to doing so I got them done and then sat down at just before three o'clock and, and watched it so um, but yeah it's uh, it's a weird one because obviously you don't have to look around you know there's probably less than half of the season ticket holders turned up um, and I think I think it is it's part of do you think the pride when we, when we the- all grew up do you think the pricing was was off from the club? Well, I, I think is I think what we've seen is I think I think was it Preston who had ten pound a ticket and they didn't have much more than us. Um, and so I don't I don't I don't think it was particularly price sensitive. I think it was clear if you'd gone thirty quid or something a bit different. But um, I think if you knocked it down to a tenner, you'd have got another thousand Blackpool fans. But then you'd have been charging Nottingham Forest ten quid each. And you'd have lost the revenue from that. So I don't, I don't think it was a bad call by the uh, by the board to fix it at the price that they did. I just think there was a lack of enthusiasm because of who the opposition was. We knew they were going to bring a second team. It's a team we've played a lot uh, in recent years, and there was just no, there wasn't a pre-match buzz about it. And I, I don't. I don't think the club big these things up as much as they could do either. I don't I don't I don't recall seeing anything trying to big the game up at all and 
I think we, there's maybe a need to do a bit of that and how we do it and 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 how we do it effectively has got to be looked at. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, as Mitch did, you know, I went to Hull on Boxing Day and, you know, I've been to Birmingham, I've been to West Brom and I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't quite sum up the enthusiasm to go yesterday, but I was really enthusiastic when I watched the way that we played. Mm. Um, so, but there's a lot of people, there is, you know, Matt says, there's a lot of people who are, everywhere I go is people ill. There's a lot of people ill and, and, and when you have, and, you know, and also we're dealing with, <coughs> we're dealing with a cost of living crisis where people just come out of Christmas and when you've got um, a discretionary spend, it's like, where do you, draw the line. So if you've already paid for your season ticket, for you, you know, particularly if you've got a young family and, and whatever, you already paid for your season ticket, you think, right, well, I'll, I'm going to that anyway because I've got, I've paid. Uh, but then if you, you do, I pay another £80, £70, £80 to go and watch a, <coughs> a game where, listen, our FA Cup, recent FA Cup history is dreadful. Um, you know, we, we get knocked out virtually at every third round stage that we participate in. So I can see why a lot of people didn't do it. Anybody who lives a long way away, are you going to, you know, are you going to um, spend all that money coming up? You know, some will, some won't, but I'm saying it's in this particular weird environment that we've got at the moment with everybody having to pay double what they should be doing for the fuel um, and uh, just coming off the back of Christmas uh, and with and where there's no one, it'd be Forrest's Forest second team. Uh, I think the combination of all that and the fact that we've been playing pretty dismally, haven't won in nine. Um, you can see why some people thought, keep me money in my pocket and I'll save it for the mm-hmm. a game I really want to go to. Wasn't historically as well, if you went back, I don't know, to the prime of the FA Cup, wasn't the third round always included in your season ticket? I was, just, oh, I was going to say that. Who remember those that little... wasn't on the notes, John. Yeah. Who remember those, those little vouchers you could pull off yeah. your physical season ticket for the yeah. Cup games? There is an you argument know, that they could maybe should have done that. You know, that, that, that's got that's got an impact. But what you said before at the top about the way the FA Cup's been devalued, um, you only get two million quid for winning the thing. So, you know, that's worth less than it is. That's worth less than finishing one place higher in the Premier League. It's worth a hell of a lot less than promotion. Um, it's worth a hell of a lot less than staying in the championship. And you can see why teams don't take it seriously. And unfortunately, that's, you know... W- we are, what are we now, sort of 30-odd years into this sort of Premier League era of football, and that's what football fans look at now, isn't it? You know, a lot of football fans will say, you know, it, it, it drives me mad. A lot of football fans will say, I've seen Blackpool fans say things like, you know, and, and fair play, they can have that opinion, but say things like, well, I don't care, even if we won the cup, I don't care because, you know, the most important thing is stay in the championship. And frankly, you know, <laughs> that's insane, isn't it? You know, what what would you really say that it would be better finishing <laughs> 20th in the championship than winning the Griffin FA Cup? Would it, heck? You know, it'd be amazing to win the FA Cup, but that's not the way even a lot of fans think now. It's all about those mm. incremental league positions and, and particularly in the Premier League, it's always about, you know, you, you listen to 6 or 6 and there's these 
incredibly dull people ringing up talking about, well, we finished 10th this year, so that's £7 million more on last year, which we hope we can... Re- and that's just not what Sp- football should spread- be about. Spreadsheet football, Mitch, as we have discussed yeah. on this podcast in the past. Spreadsheet yeah, football. And, and you can deride it, but it's the, it's the reality of football, unfortunately. Um, and I think it's, it's a mixture of all those things. It's exactly what Tim said. And I, and I think, um, you know... I mean, this is a very dull example, but my lad eats quite a lot of yogurt. You can't feed him enough yogurt. He just won't stop eating yogurt. And um, two yogurts cost £4.50 of the type he likes, and a year ago it cost two quid. You know, that's the reality of life at the moment, isn't it? You know, that's just one thing. It's not even fuel, that. And everything's way more expensive, and, and unfortunately football ain't getting any cheaper. Also, um, I noticed uh, VAR in some FA Cup third round ties, and VAR in not not in sometimes. I was like, "What the fuck is that about?" Just not have it. That's yeah, that's, 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 I said on Twitter, just turn the fucking thing off the FA Cup. It's how is that consistent? How is that fair? The Wolves game last night, I mean, yeah, that's, that, just, yeah. that's just been yeah. rumbling on, hasn't it, with people going on about that bloody VAR decision. And either way that had have been given with the naked eye, people have just shrugged and gone, oh, well, that's what it is. It's not made the game any better. They want to keep the magic of the FA Cup, turn fucking VAR off for a kickoff. Hmm. It's just not a I don't shop at Harrods. That's that's how much it was at Sainsbury's. In fact, I don't normally shop at Sainsbury's. I normally shop at Old. I was, was going to go Fortune. I was going. I was going to go Fortune and Mason. Big yogurts. <laughs> anyway, you, can, you can talk, Tim. We all know the only reason you didn't come was because the luxury lounges were shot on Saturday. Oh, Tim. Tim in Moretti lounge. It was over overflowing with uh, sausage rolls from the pork shop. Apparently, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, was the Moretti open? I <laughs> was, no, I've, so just, the, I've just made it up. the staff from coming in and eating them all. <laughs> After I whinged about it the other week. They are minging those pies, though. Just let's get that out there. Pork shop pies at Bloomfield. Minging. I don't, I don't get it, because if you, if you go into the pork shop in Poland... They're not, not great that, for there, not, not, not that I do, but, I, I, you know, people sort of say, well, they're all right, you know, and... But cottage bakery, not- cottage bakery all the way, Bloomfield Road. Hmm. Well, uh. I, 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 I did say to the, uh, the well, the guys on the uh, on the uh, marketing team at Blackpool, uh, I said it's pretty hard to ruin a pie, but somehow your staff are managing to do it. <laughs> so, Famous line on Goodfellow. They did have a word to be fair, and they were better last right. week, but even so, he's, they're not they're not yeah. great. Famous line on Goodfellas when they say that guy could fuck up a cup of coffee. <laughs> He's probably got the same staff looking after the pies anyway. We digress. Uh, um, Nick, new signing mm. since the last pod. Um, two very good signings. Morgan Rogers from City on loan. And of course, the big marquee re-signing of, uh, of Josh Bowler. I think we all know how important that's going to be. To was it as exclusively revealed by me on here. He did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've both been mooted for a while, haven't they? That it um, it could happen, particularly with um, Bowler not playing any football. I think Rogers might have happened sooner, but he was he was injured, wasn't he? Um, you know, both attacking, exciting players. Um, 
doesn't necessarily solve everything. I think we we still probably need to look at the centre of the park, um, or maybe now we play Connolly in there if if Lions can stay at right back. But obviously, once Bowler's fit and and Rogers is fully fit, it gives us, you know, hopefully just transforms us that we've got that attacking intent and, and options from either of them. Um, and if we're not getting overrunning midfield, hopefully we can start to control well, games a bit more. We, we know Josh is a match winner on his own. Um, even even when we were really poor under Critchley, he would probably, nine times out of ten, be our most likely player. You know, even when we only had one chance in a game, inevitably it came from... Josh getting the ball on the halfway line, running with it, beating a couple of men and, and firing a shot in. So I think there was a there was a rash of bets, wasn't there, on the WhatsApp group of people uh, betting on us to get promoted or, or top six. Um, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I certainly think it, it goes a long way to not just keeping us up, probably push, hopefully pushing us up to more, more towards mid-table, particularly if we... We get these other couple of players in that he's he's kind of said he's hopeful of getting in in the next week or so, and as well, hopefully we've got one or two to come back. I don't think Keshi's too far away. I think someone said on the chat before three weeks away. How far is uh, the life coach away? Uh, I don't. I think we're dealing seasons there rather than weeks. Um, <laughs> Fiorini to come back as well. Um, Who's he? <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, two really good bits of business. Obviously, Callum Wright went, didn't he? Which, I'll be honest, came completely out of the blue to me. I, I didn't see that one coming, although, you know, he hasn't really been playing much. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. You, you, you listen to his quotes and it he kind of sort of said, I can't really wait to, to get going at Plymouth. There was nothing else really happening on deadline day. So thought I'd give it a go at Blackpool, but which kind of, that, I, I noticed that Nick and that kind of stinks of a, the, the terrible recruitment policy that we had at the mm. time. It was that kind of a, a, a last minute punt from the recruitment team by the sounds of it. Yeah. And he almost sounded happier to be in league one with, with Plymouth, albeit that, you know, they're, they're in the top six and looking like the, well, the top, you know, the, yeah, they could, they could there was very some well suggestion up, that so. they wanted him in the summer and then, and I don't know why they couldn't get him. I don't know whether it's down to the fact that uh, Leicester wanted too much money at the time and then whether mm. we've come in and nicked him for a lower price. And I don't, well, we've got, obviously we've got no idea what we've sold him for. So obviously we paid 800 grand for him, didn't we? I have a funny feeling we've taken a hit. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we've taken a hit on him. Yeah, it's oh. it's a weird one because Leicester fans, you know, you obviously when you sign a player, you always have a look at the opposition or, or the, the, the team who you've signed in from's message board or socials. And there was a lot of them saying they were surprised they'd let him go and it wasn't just a loan deal. Um, but just hasn't worked out, has it? And if it, and if it isn't doing it, I know it's quite a short space of time from when we signed him, but... It's probably best for all concerned, isn't it, that we that we do you know, we did get rid of it. First game he played, he looked good. He looked good, mm. but I don't I don't think he wanted to be here, did he? The, the long it doesn't, the short, sound, didn't sound like it. No. So, and and the other thing is, well, we only see you know what happens on the pitch. We we don't see week in week out in training, and you know they're obviously we're prepared to let him go. So 
it frees a space up, doesn't it, for, for someone else to come in. Also, hair not as good and headband not as big as bowlers, which is the important thing. <laughs> there could be only one headband. One of my uh, one of my under-10s, uh, big Blackpool fan, Jacob. Uh, Kelly, if you're listening, uh, rocked up with a, uh, a headband on a match on Saturday, even though he hasn't got very long hair. He turned up with a bowler headband on. It's more of a kind of a, a tennis headband. He had to take it off halfway through the great. game. He was getting too hot and sweaty with it on. That's funny. Um, Mitch, as um, Nick's just said, it'll free up Callum Connolly to actually play in uh, Callum Connolly's position, which is just sat in front of the the front two, protecting the back four. So the back back two protecting the back four. Um, that'll be really interesting to see to see him in in that position and. It could free up Kenny to play a bit more of a more uh, attacking midfield role as well. So that could be really interesting to see. Well, in my head, we're not going to be dropping Sonny Carey. So um, that's a moot point because Doodle's not going to be playing. If Connolly's playing, um, sorry, Tim. Um, I agree with you. I don't, th- I don't think he'll play both of them. No, I, I can't see him playing both of them. Um, yeah, look, I, th- I think Connolly um, there is a good asset to have. I do think, I know I, I'm doing it, Tim, and, and reading the notes here, but where you, you, on the notes you've got, what's the, what do we need? I think probably if I could have one player and one player only, it would be a player that would both shield the defence and run the game from midfield. Um, I think Connolly will shield the defence very effectively, but I'm not convinced he'll run the game from midfield. I don't, you know, he's not necessarily got the greatest passing range in the world, has he? Um, I think if you really, really wanted to, if you wanted to make those playoff bets seem, you know, realistic, I think if you could, if you could plonk a, a fit Kevin Stewart in there or that sort of player, somebody with a real brain, then that'd be good. Um, but yeah, I think Connolly will be, a, if we don't get that player, Connolly will be a good step up. Um, and we'll shield the defence effectively or bring that bit of um, bit of muscle into the midfield that, that we could well need that um, will work for either Carey or Pavada, uh, not Pavada, Patino um, alongside him. Tim, you got anything to say to this before we move on? Uh, no, no, really. I personally think um, that the fact that Callum Wright's gone out tells me that we've got somebody coming in. Yeah. Mm. And who it is, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, it's the player that 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 provides all the attributes that Mitch has just talked about. Okay, well, uh, I think Kevin Stewart could do it, but unfortunately, he's too busy pontificating on Twitter about other people rather than sorting himself out. So there we go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's I don't go. Think pro- we'll ever see him play for us again, to be honest. So. There's a property crash imminent, so he may have to uh, try try his best at being a footballer again. Play ratings. Let's start with you, Nick, and you can have uh, Chris Maxwell. I'll just get a team sheet up while you're talking. Um, he didn't have loads and loads and loads to do, but what he did do, have to do, I thought he did pretty well. Made a couple of important saves. Um... I will go a seven plus for Chris Maxwell. Just cover my head up there. Right. Um Andy Lyons, Mitch. Um 
Ooh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because he, he was his debut, and you sort of want to go completely. He was, he was really good on his debut. Um, I'd say eight plus would be about right from. I thought he was. I thought he was excellent. Um, I mean, I've already said, haven't he got forward well, creative, stood up pretty well. Um, a bloody, a bloody good, it, it solid debut, wasn't yeah, it? It wasn't jaw-dropping, was it? He didn't sort of like, you know, it wasn't a 10, so I'm going to go for an 8+. plus. Yeah, it wasn't a Seamus Coleman debut, but he was up there. And that's Seamus Coleman, that's another Irish fullback. How can we forget? Well, right. I didn't forget because I mentioned him. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, I have a two half against Crystal Palace. He got skinned. <laughs> yeah, he was in the second half. He found his feet, and he was brilliant after that. I've had two drinks. That's my excuse. Uh, Is that you already in the uh, comments, John? Well, uh, yes, he agrees. Should be in bed. <laughs> He's in bed. <laughs> with his iPad. Naughty boy. Brilliant. <laughs> do you know it's funny you think your kids when they're young it's like they can't talk or speak or type anything I, I find it strange in, like communicating in, in English even though he's nine anyway uh, Big Marv who are we on next Tim is it yeah good good solid performance I think by Marv um our defence did get a little bit of a run around from the Forest players at times, I think, and we were quite fortunate, as we've spoken about before. But he's, um, he's performing, and I think that's um, great to see. So it's an eight from me. Correct. Best for you. Let's change it back. Jordan Thornley, Mitch. Mr. Mr. Dependable. Contract's running out as well soon. Need to get that sorted. Yeah, and as um, I think it was my namesake in the chat said, um, we need to get a contract sorted for him, don't we? In which you've just mm. introduced. I was already thinking about what I was going to say before you said that. Um, yeah, no, we do need to get a new contract sorted uh, sorted out for him. Um, and I, I can't think of, apart from um, getting sent off at Hull, Thornley sort of has had this reputation of having a bit of a clangor in him. You know, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be good, but he'll drop a clangor every now and again. But I don't, I don't think he has done this year. I just think he's been so dependable week after week after week. So he's no Dom Thompson, is he? He's not a Dom Thompson. No. Um, And he's another player of that ilk that I really like. He makes the most of what he is. You know, he has to read the game. He's not that quick. He's not the biggest centre back either. Um, but he's he, he's better than his physical attributes would suggest, um, and I like that sort of player. So, what did you give? What did we give Marv? Tim? Can I just before you give your mark, can I just remind you that when he when he shoved the forest player into the hoardings and then yeah. and the, then looked away all angelic because if he hadn't done yeah. anything, so I think he gets an extra half a mark just for that. What did you give him, Marv? Eight, eight. So I'll 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 go with an eight for Thornley as well. I think I think that's fair. I think the pair of them did. Were, Pretty much the same. Okay, uh, Tim, you can have um, Jimmy Husband. Yeah. Um, top four in the FOT mob game. ratings. Sorry? Top four in the FOT mob player ratings. All right, okay, if you, if you say so. <laughs> um, I, I, would, I would say, I would say, listen, I, I, for me, he's Mr. Consistent. I think that, 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 first, uh, that first Surridge... Um, storage, storage, not storage, storage. Yeah, 
sorry, the one who went into the side netting when he came to the right side. I think was it Hubby got skinned for that. Um, but whoever it was got absolutely roasted by him. But um, I think overall, you know, he's a solid performer. He's a he's a he's a voice on the pitch. He's is a whether he's got the captain's arm bad or not, he's he's performing a captain's role, and I love him. I think he's brilliant. He's quite a good guy to have a good chat with as well. Solid game yesterday. Um, eight. Sonny Carey, Mitch. Oh, sorry, Nick. Nick, yeah, uh, uh, you're hidden behind the uh, the player names there. Oh, you're missing me out. <laughs> there you go. I just can't see you. Right, Sonny Carey. Uh, I thought you had a decent game yesterday. Um, <coughs> what am I going to score him? I'll, I'll card myself there, Sonny Carey. All action I display from Carey. He was, I, yeah. I love the way he interacts and, with the crowd when he scores as well. He was like loving it with the North. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give him an eight. Okay, okay. Charlie Patino, Mitch. Yeah, fun fact about Charlie Patino: he uh, was our most aerially successful player yesterday. Another fun fact about Charlie Patino is he had one of the poorest passing accuracies of our players yesterday, which is really interesting, isn't it? Because I don't think you would have that down as Patino's um, strong suit. Um, heading, and you'd think passing would be what he was best at. Um, he's a bit off it, is Charlie at the moment. I think um, he got really stuck in. He put put. A, I think he was our most tackling midfielder as well. You know, and he's he's he's. It maybe he's turning into Kenny Dougal. Maybe that's what's actually happening to him slowly by surely. And he's keeping Kenny Dougal out of the team by becoming more and more like Kenny Dougal each week. Um, but I thought he got caught in possession a couple of times. I thought he played a few... He got away with one. I can't remember when it was. I think it was before we scored. He got away with one that he dropped short. That um, I can't remember if it was... If we bailed him out or they shot wide. Um, and he just looks, to me, as if he's just carrying a bit of mental fatigue. He's never been through anything like this in his life. You know, he's a, he's, he's a young kid and he's never played a season of professional football with the pressure of a crowd in front of him of real games. It's been a very, very hard season. He's had to carry a lot on his shoulders and he just looks to me like he needs to recharge his batteries a little bit, you know, similar to probably Jerry did the other day. So I will give him a seven minus. Shane Lavery, Tim, a thorn in the uh, side of the fullback. Yeah, I think I think you always know what you get with Shane, don't you? You're going to get a, a, a gutsy performance. He's he's going to you know be snapping at the defenders' heels, and as we saw last week, he's also quite capable of turning up with a uh, with a decent goal in him as well. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought he, he did well. I don't think it was one. I don't think it's his best performance by a long shot. But um, it's interesting to see how he interacted with with Lions. I thought they they seem to have a reasonable amount of chemistry going on, and um, uh, and uh, seem to work well together on that right hand side. So um, seven plus. Who's got Ian Pervader? It's Nick. Nick's got four. Leo. I'm um, <laughs> I thought he had a great game, as we've already talked about. Um, all action display, um, very nearly, very nearly scored an absolute worldie with that shot. Um, took his goal really well. 
work well off the ball, um, put the ball in for Jerry to score. So I am going to give him a nine. Okay. Um, Chris Hamilton, Mitch, otherwise known as CJ. Yeah, um, I'll give him an an apology, I think. He played really well, and he played well all the way through the game. Um, And, um, you know, he's... I always say he's too technically deficient to to really play in that style of football, but he didn't look technically deficient, did he? Um, And as I said earlier on, he was really decisive, um, and you can't fault his work rate. And, yeah, A-plus, really good good performance. Well done, CJ. Uh, To wrap things up, Tim... Jake Beasley, someone in the comments said uh, a lone spell at a first division club will do him good. Um, he was our weakling yesterday and there's no um, no point in beating about the bush. Um, I think I was looking forward to see what he could do when he got came back from his injury and I think, uh, and we've seen it with other players to be fair, where the injuries have had a, an adverse impact on them. Um, you know, look at Lavery for instance, we just spoke about before where it took him quite a long time to find his feet again when he came back. And I'm, I'm just a bit concerned he's not quite at the races for championship at the moment. And um, I'm being kind and giving him a six. Uh, what the comments are saying, uh, five. So that was player ratings. Let's move on to well, the Well, I, I was thinking five. But uh, I thought, you know, this has not been, it's been very long and I don't want to be too harsh, but I, I, I didn't even, you wouldn't even know he was playing in the first half. I never, never, so I'm getting involved at all. Well, you get neither the pace of Jerry D or the strength of Gaz. You know, it's sort of, he's just going like in between the two. And yes, he's more mobile than Medine, but he, he was getting to the, sort of getting into the challenges and then he was coming out second best quite often. And and yes, he's more mobile, but he was not going to, he's not chasing sort of the ball down and hurrying into the corners because he's not as quick as somebody like Yates. And hopefully, hopefully he'll come good with a bit of fit. I noticed actually when uh, when CJ came off and he was cl- clearly quite pleased with his performance and he, he went and sat down and sort of did the high fives every day and Beasley yeah. was sat there looking very subdued. And I think he probably realises that Yesterday was his chance in the absence of both um, Medine and, and Yates to really sort of show what he could do. And I don't think he really took that opportunity. Eddie's gone to a six minus, Tim. He's aware of the uh, the FPRS system. I, I, I'd expect no less from anybody in the hospital household. <laughs> I drilled it into him. Never mind ab- your abacus. Never mind your maths. Never mind your English language. FPRS system is how you get ahead in life. Manager ratings. Done player ratings, manager ratings around the room, Nick. Um, I thought he got the subs right and pretty much at the right time. Maybe could have been a bit sooner as we said, but um, I give him credit and I will go eight plus. Mr. Mitch. Yeah, what Nick just said, and I like that he just picks, he keeps picking attacking players and having a go. You know, I know a lot of people get annoyed at that and say it's naive and we need to be stronger. And but fact defence is boring. Have a go, and it worked for once. We you know? don't. We we are not fans of spreadsheet football, are we? 
Well, you lot were all wanting four four two and making it more solid the other week. Um, and um, you know, he, he's sticking to his principles, and it, it many times it hasn't come off, but today it did come off. So. I think eight plus is probably fair. You can't ignore that we were up against it a lot, but eight plus. Tim, it could have uh, gone quite bad if Forrest had taken all the chances. So maybe we should temper these scores a bit. If you remember that fifty minute well, that, I, that I, period I do, do between think... half time and sixty minutes, they should have scored three. And um, I don't, I mean, should have brought Dougal. Should have brought Dougal on before then. He should have brought Dougal on when that was happening before it. Yeah. So I think we just got lucky actually. Kizan's out. What? Yeah. So that again, I'm going seven. Seven. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I'm seven. going seven. Right. Are we done? Is there anything else? Um, man of the match. Twitter, Twitter, Wait, Twitter's had its oh, say. Right. Twitter's had its say. Uh, Pervader. Compelling. What? Say again. Very compelling, the result, isn't it? Yeah. 82% say Pervader, 9% CJ, 6% to, uh, and 2% to, to Hubby. Um, yeah, do we all agree with that? I think that's pretty unanimous, isn't it? It's a bit of a no-brainer, really. I thought yeah, I think he was Pervader for me. Yeah. Right, gents, an hour and 25 minutes. Anything, anything else on anyone's mind? I suppose the only other possible topic was what did we make of Rodgers? in that brief cameo. We've not really talked about that, have we? Mm. Um, a big, he looked, a, he looked very, a, a very big in physical stature for a winger. Yeah. Uh, well, he's an attacking midfielder, isn't he? He looked very, very handy. I thought a good acquisition. Yeah. He wasn't quite the player. I, I don't know why I'd got him fouled in my brain. He was much more lightweight in my brain. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Any academy, Premier League Academy, player young you just think quite wafer yeah not a unit he looked quite handy tackling back as well you know he, he, he sort of got stuck in a bit more than i expected him to do and appeared all over the place so yeah i thought it was positive he did dennis he did look like williams we were having that conversation was it yeah it's like is that yeah. williams yeah. Yeah. Warming up. he's like no he's there and the, and the other obs- the other observation of course is Southampton away in the fourth round. Oh yeah, of course. Could, could of we course. have asked for a better, a better draw? <laughs> when that twenty, when when Southampton came out, I was screaming at the TV. Not number twenty. Not number twenty. Not number twenty. Anyone could. It's, it's, it's about the worst we could have had in it. Mm. <sighs> well, it's it's the <laughs> people saying on our WhatsApp group. I think it was Dave Coleman. And why is it so bad? Okay, it's absolutely. Miles away from here, so it's a nightmare journey to get to. It's pretty much unwinnable, you'd think. It's not a we're not going to make a load of money from TV. Um, they're not going to have a big crowd because they're not going to be arsed. Anyone, anyone want to flip this on its head? It's a good draw. You well, either want a good... home to sorry, go on, Tim. Now, I was going to say, it... I'd agree with a lot of what you said there, John. I suppose. You know, there's there's a chance, isn't there? They they'll be focusing on probably trying to stay in the Premier League. They've they'd been on a poor run, hadn't they? I think they lost six in a row or something. Um, so there's a chance, but like you said, I think I went. Did we not play them about 
Under, Hol- under Holloway, under Holloway, when we were in the Premier League, they were League One and we still lost to them. We got them away no, in the them in? Yeah, is that, yeah, and we got beat. I think I went to that. Um, yeah, and it's a hell of a track, isn't it? And yeah, we we probably won't win. And it's just annoying, isn't it, when you have such a good performance yesterday and we were talking about, you know, Blackpool and Cup runs and there's not been many of them in our lifetime. Um and it'd just be nice to get a decent home draw, you know, Preston get well, bloody Preston, Tottenham, Preston, Preston keep, Preston almost do it. They pull them out of time. Year. They've, yeah. they've got Tottenham at home. Uh, I mean, Tottenham away would be a great one because obviously it gives yeah. them a new ground. But, um, you know, they've had Liverpool. They've had they have everybody. And it's just like, the only time we've had a decent draw is when we're all boycotting when we got Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Arsenal at home and we all had to stand outside the ground and fucking hell, it's like... Well, it really is it, isn't it? There's the only, the, literally the only ones I can remember in my whole lifetime with that one and Arsenal, we had Arsenal win the oh. League Cup under Worthington. Right. And of course it was Chelsea as well, wasn't there? Was that Chelsea yeah. um, 4 we had, we had Spurs. It's not the FA Spurs Cup though, is it, there. Mitch? It's not the FA it's Cup, It's not the FA Cup, no. no. The Spurs one's just before me. Yeah. The Paul Stewart coming back again. Spurs went Gascoigne, but it was yeah, a really yeah. windy, horrible game. And we, yeah. had, we actually had, and this is one for those of a certain vintage, we had Manchester City in 1983 and uh, and City bought about 7,000 and we beat them 2-1. Uh, and it was absolutely carnage. That was one of my first absolutely. ever games. That's what got me hooked, seeing bits of concrete it, it being was, shoved across was, the cop. I was on the cop It was the biggest day. crowd I've been seen at Bloomfield Road until we got back in the Premier League, because um, it was 15,500. I didn't go when I was really young, so I missed some of the bigger crowds that in the, in the 70s before the, the stadium capacity got compromised. Uh, but that was a quality game, that was, and... It was it was literally like a battlefield on Bloomfield Road afterwards. I had to I was with my sister and uh, we were going down um she didn't go to games, but she came to this one. So we, we were going down sent, um, Bloomfield Road trying to get away from the game and all, the city were going mental. And we ended up running into somebody's front room to get away from what was going on. And this woman's that sat there with a tea on her lap and me and my sister just run into a room because it was it was probably Did you scary. really? Did you really? Yeah. Well, Central Drive. Well, uh, it was on uh, on Bloomfield Road. So just as you go across the Central Drive, I had to, we had to we actually ran into her house. What was she having for a tea? I can't remember. It was a long time ago, John. It was a good nearly forty years forty years ago this year. Virtually forty years ago to the day. Yeah, but scary. Going back to the draw, a lot of the Lancashire clubs are still still in. We could have got Fleetwood. Could have got the Nobbers. We could have got Rovers. We could have got Burnley. We could have got. Go on. I suppose trying to turn these frowns upside down and bring some Kevin Stewart style positivity <laughs> to it is we've just had a cracking performance in a game that I don't think anybody was excited about this the Forest game where they ever you know everyone I spoke to was like oh Forest oh that's a non game oh crap and well, we've just got the same again in the fourth round so it's another maybe it's a free hit if we go and lose no one's going to be that gutted pressure off the players we've just all been talking about having this great you know this all these players coming back Fiorini Keshi you know players in having too many players to fit in so you know it's a chance for him to play around a bit and say go out and have a bit of fun and then we win you know we beat them fifth round here we come and as I was saying to Nick 
game yesterday. Um, the last time we got to the fifth round was QPR, which was, was it 30 years ago nearly? Yeah. That's the last time we got to the fifth round. That's incredible, isn't it? Really? It's terrible, really. It's a crap record. Did we not get to the that fifth round against Everton? That's fourth. Was it the fourth, Everton? Or was it the fifth? It was the fifth. I can't remember. Was that remember the year after we came down? Yeah, yeah. Well, we went. Yeah. And, um, was that the fourth or the fifth round? Was that fourth or fifth? It I might have been remember. fifth. I think remember, it was fifth. Remember, well. we were 2 0 down after like three minutes. Yeah, the game over, innit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think Steve's put it on. They know how yeah. to suck life out of you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was so bad, uh, Steve, that I kind of wiped that game from my memory. Two, minutes. yeah. The, the game was over in within like three minutes. Uh, I tried to get my used to work on police in Bloomfield Road. Wade Dooley, I remember him. He was that copper, wasn't he? Uh, rugby player. Yeah, he used to play rugby, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rugby player, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right, gents. I think we'll call it a day. Uh, great, great chat as always. Someone's just said um, you're going to be doing the Watford team pick. We may do a Watford preview. See how see how we're going on. Um, if we're asked, see we signed this week. Yeah, if we signed yeah, someone. We might a new signing. We may motivate ourselves to do a uh, a Watford <coughs> preview. So um, yeah, watch this space. I think they say. Uh, right, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming to the show. It's been a it's been a pleasure on a Sunday evening. Um, thanks everyone for joining us on the stream. And as we said, it's thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading. And up the pool. Let's see. Let's go to Southampton and beat them. Fifth round. Here we up come. Up the pool. Up the pool. Up So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter program that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod, you'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month, price of a pint, and for that you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts competitions so we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.